Hello, hi guys, welcome to our Two Dogs Podcast. I'm Dr. Ellie here. And I'm Dr. Inky. And today we have a very special episode or mm. segment. We have a guest with us today. We have a guest with yes. us today. So Ms. please introduce the guest. Well, Miss Jessie Chong, yes. who is uh, sitting in right here with us. Um, it's a close friend of mine, and she is one of the most amazing persons I've known. Aww. Uh, so, how I got to know her was circumstantial. That's a that's a story for a different day yes. on a different podcast. In fact, it will be a very long <laughs> podcast. But suffice to say, suffice to say, what is very interesting about her is that she is a serial entrepreneur. entrepreneur. <laughs> and with that, we want to dedicate this week's episode on women or to hear from a woman who is a serial entrepreneur, what makes her tick? What really makes her have that yes, drive exactly. that puts men into perspective? <laughs> so please introduce yourself, Miss Jessie. Wow, eh. Hi, um, I'm Jessie and uh, I'm probably known for being the founder of uh, Boozy.com, which is an online alcohol e-commerce platform um, in 2014 and I exited that in 2018. And uh, after that, I have a couple of other small adventures here and there. And uh, here I am. <laughs> can, can, can I make more Okay, okay, right, right. So let me ask you, la, yeah. let, let me ask you, right. So you said you started Boozit at 2014, la, yeah. which is an online e-commerce uh, platform to purchase alcohol. Correct. Mm. So this is really, really like the first of its kind during that time. Uh, second, actually. Second, yes. all right. So you yeah. were second. But... Back in that time, right, not many people were actually purchasing stuff online, Correct. let alone alcohol. alcohol yeah. exactly. Let alone alcohol, you know, mm. which is generally very, very sensitive to heat, sensitive to mode of transportation. So what what gave you the the, the idea or what or what gave you the motivation to actually start Boozit? Okay. So um bit of backstory was uh I've always liked to sell stuff online on um eBay and back then I started selling stuff on Laoyat forum. I don't know if anyone actually still hey, Joe, know Joe, that they exist. What what, what you sell? <laughs> well, what do you sell? What, what, do, you sell? Yeah. what do you sell? So not sex toys. <laughs> <laughs> You robbed us of a very interesting episode. <laughs> okay, never mind. Go on. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. We thought okay. this would be it's time, it's time for you. All, you're, all, you're the tune out already. All right. Okay. Yeah. Um, it was mineral makeups uh, that I bought from states, and I do local packaging. But when I mean local packaging, means I ask my kaka at home. <laughs> I was 18, by the way, uh, many years back. Uh, ask kaka at home. Okay, please scoop up quarter teaspoon, half teaspoon, one teaspoon into this plastic jar and then I will print it from the printer and then label it. And it was just really Laoyat forum style. You mm. know how threads are working on forum back then. That, that There was no Shopee, no Lazada, no Lelong, no Muda back then. It was just thread style. You do a listing slot, you put your homemade picture on it and then you say, okay, one quarter teaspoon, four ringgit, 60 cents, half teaspoon, nine ringgit, for example. So I just had this creativity of like, um, go just go and buy those sewing kit boxes. Then I sell in sets. So you have eyeshadow palettes, right? Then you have eyeshadow set that is color, a lot of colors, a lot of selection. Um, you can buy it for like 88 bucks. And back then I was probably making about 10,000 ringgit a month. As an, 18 year old. As an 18 year old. Yes. <laughs> oh, so that's where I started. Put us all the shit. <laughs> Shame <laughs> on you guys. 
Shame what a on you guys. Shame, You're not making 10,000 and 18. Selling mineral makeup and exploiting your maids at home. <laughs> exactly. I'm sure she didn't pay the maid extra. <laughs> no. That's called exploitation of human labor. No, my, my, my kaka at home very happily do it for me. <laughs> Yeah, so that was like eBay was a thing then. So I kind of really like selling stuff online. I like the e-commerce space, uh, but I got into full-time job and the job I have before Boozit was with Moe Hennessy Diajo. Um, so that's where I got into the alcohol industry and I got to know uh, a lot of people in there and being the brand owner, I was connected to a lot of distributors who carries a lot of brands as well. So I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I always wanted to start my own business. Even with a mineral makeup, I wanted to turn it into my own brand. But I was so young and my parents probably think that I'm very naive. Um, they say, you should go and work for people first, uh, gain some experience before you start your own business uh, full-fledged so that you can you know, have a bit more experience to how do you build your uh, business and how do you work with people, how do you hire people. So went through uh, two jobs and um, that's where I was like, okay, I want to be an entrepreneur. Uh, always intrigued with the idea of being an entrepreneur and back then I think it's also very challenging to be a woman entrepreneur it's not as empowering as it is today um, it's always you know why you are, we are female why would you want to be an entrepreneur you should just be marrying a rich man and just be done with your life like that you no know, happy housewife kind of why that uh, people feel that you should that's your achievement um, and i um, been thinking about what should I do I like the alcohol industry and I have the network in the alcohol industry and I really like e-commerce and boozy.com <laughs> so how did it start I miss okay so did you have to to code your own website or you got someone to actually build a website for you yeah, so I don't know anything about coding nor how to start a website. Um, and also back then, I think that there wasn't a lot of... Um, I'm blank already. There's not many <laughs> options back then, actually. Yeah, to yeah, be yeah. fair, Shop Shopify didn't exist. Uh, yeah, <laughs> actually back then, Shopify didn't yeah. exist. I think very, very... 2014 or so, um, just eBay. Yeah, um, 2014. You get a couple of websites. Yes, a couple of uh, like very general generic websites like uh, mm. Squarespace, yes. you know, they, they, they one day came out. And if not mistaken that time, Squarespace allow you to build only basic website without the e-commerce platform. Yeah. Uh, without um, e-commerce tools. I think even Wix.com was around already. Yeah, but it was again very, very basic. Very basic. You know, allow you just drag and drop just to Correct. build a website and that's it. Correct. Totally. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So there wasn't a lot of platforms available. Uh, you couldn't just set up a shop and whatnot. So I did try to find a smaller company a boutique company to set up a website for me um, the first website that came up we loaded some of the products online um, every page takes 60 seconds to load <laughs> wow that's a lot of alcohol dripping <laughs> <laughs> and it was like oh dude what's going on oh it's wordpress and you want this function you want that function so we have a lot of plugins in there so that's why it's very heavy so like dude but no one's gonna come to a website that takes 60 seconds to load a single page hmm. yeah so that dating period actually went on for close to two years actually until i found finally found got introduced to a programmer who he is really well versed with php um and he 
is also a much better developer on WordPress. Uh, so he actually helped to build another website from scratch that is on WordPress. Uh, and uh, it finally take only two seconds to load one page. Hmm. Um, so yeah, first two years, I think website wise, it was always like a little bit here and there. Uh, majority of the business kind of started off a little bit more on ground. Um, we were once also a distributor for William Grant and Son. Mm-hmm. Um, that we used to have the sole distribution ship to Aeon Group and also to Giant Group uh, for about a year plus. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of where the revenue was coming from. And um, because of the network that I've had from Moe Hennessy Diageo, uh, we had quite a fair bit of corporate customers, high net worth individuals that they were actually buying alcohol by the cartons oh, or nice. sometimes truck load. Nice, <laughs> nice, 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 nice. So that's kind of how we survived through the first one, two years mm-hmm. until we finally have a web page where it takes only two seconds to load. That's where we had our first partnership together with Hate Club. So Hate Club's uh, face of Hate Club is uh, David Beckham. And they were doing a launch of like a friendship giving day and it was one of the campaign and we took up the campaign and it was a really successful campaign online. I think that's when Boozit start to gain some fame and also gain some traction. Then uh, more and more people started buying stuff, buying alcohol through, through Boozit. Hmm. Now, um, I want to ask because as a woman, sorry, we're going to go into all these sexist remarks yeah. just to clear out the doubts. <laughs> Mainly because we want to make sure that um, anyone who's listening in here and, and if you are a lady and you are looking into trying to be an entrepreneur, you're going to have a lot of challenges. Being a lady in the alcohol industry, whereby a lot of people would, would shrug you off as just a, a, a female symbol. Yeah. What was the biggest challenge uh, of, of moving from that and starting an entrepreneur in the alcohol industry? Yeah. Um, or in a male-dominant industry, te- technically. Yeah. Hmm. So I think I felt that there was resistance with um, the... Because alcohol is a very male-dominated industry and especially these business owners in the alcohol industry, they are all like... A bit more senior. I, I don't know what's the better term for it. <laughs> old, old, la, old, old la. you know. Yeah, they are. They are. That's yeah. just being rude. No, 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 no. They just they they just rooted in the in the traditions. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Of, you know, in traditions. Traditional people. Yeah. 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 So we know that you know male dominant, and then they have been in this industry for decades. Uh, not years, but decades, and they are quite protective of their turf. And out of nowhere, this small little young girl, you know, not even thirty years old, um, just want to come out and want to start online. What are you trying to do? And then people were not very supportive to begin with. Like they were like, "What are you trying to do?" And um, and uh, yeah, I need to think of how I position my conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, right, basically very simple. Every time you walk into uh, an office and you want to get their contract and you knock, and you knock on the door, what was the impression that, uh, that, that, that you were left with as, as you were leaving? It means that, did they see like, hey, you know what, this, this, this person doesn't know, I mean, the, the way they look at you is, uh, this person is too young, she's female, she doesn't know what she's talking about. You know, I'm going to deal with someone else instead. Do you actually get that very often? Um, so I have to deal with two set of um, 
clients technically so brand owners are considered our clients mm-hmm. as well because mm-hmm. we do work with brand owners directly and our source of uh, inventory it's also authorized by brand owners that mm-hmm. they allow us to be their online retailer mm-hmm. that the other set of clients we deal with are obviously the high net worth individuals um, which are also male dominant mm. and they buy by the truckloads and by the cartons right mm. um, so the brand owners they will feel that okay it's a very young startup um, you don't really have backing per se and you're just out of nowhere coming out from corporate and then you want to start a startup cause just because everybody's trying to start a startup um, they would have a bit of a resistance like okay why should I do a marketing campaign with you why should I uh, invest in an advertising campaign with you uh, so there are quite a lot of resistance in that sense, uh, being young and being new in a startup and trying to do something that is a little bit different from the traditional way of distribution or traditional way of buying alcohol or selling alcohol. Um, so maybe I would kind of like to talk a little bit about the, the other side of the client, which is, you know, typically guys who buy truckloads of cartons of alcohol when they see a young little girl, they just treat you as like a... Young little girl? Like a sales yeah, girl? Yeah, like a sales girl. Mm, like a sales yeah, girl. Like, you know, you are... Probably people used to be familiar with uh, when you go to a bar, you will be served by a pretty lady that they mm. will, you know, be be serving you yep. so that it makes your experience of drinking a lot more pleasurable. Mm. <laughs> so um, many occasions will will be sitting in those kind of environment um, that you'll be sitting with a lot of... Uh, uh, all these old, all these horny old men, horny old men, horny old men, right? Horny old men who just want a beer girl to pour beers yes. for them. Yes, that's what I she mean, thinks of you. Say it as it is, la. Say it as it is. You know, she's has it thing. I would say it. Horny old men. So yeah, we we will sit through dinner, drinks, and um, I I would kind of have to play that role. <laughs> Yeah, then then you will get sales. <laughs> Alright, so so you mentioned that you left in twenty eighteen now. Why did you leave in twenty eighteen Uh well, so it's kind of like a first serious startup for me, you know, it's no longer selling mineral makeups on Laureate Forum. Um that you have no stress because it's just you and yourself to answer to. Um with Boozit, it's the first startup and I had the opportunity to get a fairly good investment from uh, Tan Sri Vincent Lee. Um, he who is my mentor and he has been really, really supportive. I actually didn't go to him for an investment. I just went to him and said, hey, you're someone I really looked up to because you also owns a company who imports uh, alcohol as well. Um, and you also owns a lot of businesses and some startups that he invests in and he's someone that I just wanted some advice from. Mm. Um, and I went to him and tell him, hey, this is what I'm doing with Boozit. I have this distribution. I have the online e-commerce, but I don't really know what else to do, where else to go. I don't have a lot of money to build a strong team to grow it further. So he gave me a couple of advice on our first meetup. And I think uh, shortly after, in the next couple of weeks, he started asking me, hey, would you like a partner? Would you like someone to help you grow and scale it up? Maybe I can put in a bit of investment to help you with your business. Mm. So I was like, yeah, I never get a kind of offer before because I, I, I never started a startup 
with the intention of raising funds. So my way of starting my startup back then wasn't about what is it is like today that you have a startup idea and you go and raise funds, then you start your startup. Mm -hmm. My way of doing it was I don't know that you can actually go and raise funds. So um, you do I first. Just do, it. do first. <laughs> do first. Do yes. first, ask later. Have an idea, mm. just go for it and try it out. You hit a roadblock here, go and find another road. You hit that roadblock there, you go find another road. So I was doing that a lot until uh, I have this opportunity where uh, Tan Sri Vincent Lee decided to like, come, let me help you and grow it. That's where I can really build a team. Mm. So by building a team and you have a lot more responsibilities and the scale of the business and the volume of the business grew a lot as well. I think at some point it can become quite overwhelming because it's pretty much my first. Um, you will naturally be quite nervous with your first your first time first time every time it's your yeah. first time right it's always You're nervous always, yeah, yeah it's always very yeah. scary yeah. you you pay a bit more attention yeah a bit more sensitive yeah, yeah. yeah. so <laughs> it was that kind of feeling it was a very nervous journey and uh, sometimes can be overwhelming and um there was so many great opportunities that come around but I, I'm generally not really a risk taker and um, I think by not being a very big risk taker sometimes can hinder the business opportunity growth. That's where I felt that it might be a better place if my baby is in a better hand. So for about a year, I think I, I look out for a potential takeover and a potential someone who can actually bring this baby to the next level because I am pretty emotional with my first baby. Um, and uh, it took me about less than a year. I found someone who can be a much better caretaker and uh, they gave us a pretty good offer. And that's where I'm like, okay, maybe let's just, uh, you know, hopefully I can see my baby go somewhere further without me hmm. <laughs> any regrets letting go of that position ah interesting question right so of course shortly after letting it go pandemic hits <laughs> yeah, that's right i'm still in the e-commerce business and i'm still very closely in touch with what's happening in the e-commerce scene so i know e-commerce really literally like beyond mm, any any numbers that you can comprehend it's mm. never a number you have ever seen in a, your life and today is hitting this number tomorrow is hitting this number the day after it's hitting that number it's just going higher and higher and higher and i was like oh if i could have just hold on for a little while <laughs> yeah so but uh no I, I think that was a bit of a passing thought that i had um that i i you know, not per se regret, but it was more like, ah, yeah, ah, yeah, but then it's okay. Lah. <laughs> so since then, how many startups or how many companies have you started? Yeah, um, after that, I started a co-working space. It's called Headspace and uh, we had two outlets and then pandemic hit. <laughs> so uh, I had to let that go. Uh, luckily, we kind of uh, managed to find a buyer to take it over as well. And um, I was actually kind of like in the mode of taking a break, uh, just really wanted to ground myself back and figure out what's going to be my next step. Uh, and it's pandemic, you have so much free time from not seeing people unnecessarily, 
from not drinking unnecessarily. <laughs> I don't know about you. It's always necessary to drink. <laughs> <laughs> it's always necessary to drink. It's always necessary to have friends. Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> Uh, and uh, you just have so much free time, right? Don't need to get stuck in jam, don't need to travel so much and you have so much free time. And I started watching a lot of uh, dessert shows like Zumbo, Just Dessert or any type of like baking or cooking shows on Netflix, like a lot of them. And I'm like, wow, actually quite nice. Huh? Maybe I should try to be a baker right, for, for a bit. So I, I did start the Cream Puff brand. Uh, it's uh, solely being sold on Instagram. Uh, we, I started that last year, June, with a partner. Um, and very recently, um, I got into Body Scrub. Uh, so I think end of uh, August, I launched another new brand, which is called Skurabu. Uh, it's a mainly Body Scrub product right now. And um, yeah. <laughs> so. How do you get your ideas? Um, what, what transpires through your mind? How do you look for these ideas to start up something new? Is, how yeah. do you get inspired? Okay, I think a lot of the ideas or the business that I get into, it's some, most of them are really coming from my personal passion. Um, Boozit was coming from my personal passion, um, today's passion and Dan's passion is a bit different now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I rarely drink anymore. Uh, so back but, then... But you scrub a lot now. Uh, yeah, you scrub, scrub a lot <laughs> now. With your cream puffs on one hand and you scrub the other so hand. Smooth. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so back then I was really passionate about wine and whiskey and cognac. I was really passionate about how it was made, how the heritage has been and how the tastes are and how the food tasting and food pairing is with the... Uh, wine and whiskey and cognac and I, I really had a lot of passion for for the brands and also the products that uh, we were working with and that's where I'm like I like e-commerce and I really like the alcohol that I was working with so why don't I start a business that is selling online and it's also in alcohol business that's one and co-working space was more of like I always also like fancier office um, so being in startup for, for a while, you don't really necessarily have the luxury of having fancy office. When you were working for corporate, you will always have fancy office and you can wear very fancily. So I don't have that for many years with Boozit. <laughs> it's always t-shirts and jeans and no makeup. You only have a bit of glam moment when there's event. Um, so I really like the concept of like co-working space and you don't have to pay hefty uh, rent that you have to tie yourself up for over a year or two. So co-working space was really a big thing back then as well. So that's where I started uh, uh, Nordic inspired kind of co-working space design that is uh, meant to be really peaceful and so that you can really focus your work. And the word hate space is so that you can really find that tranquility in that space and you can really get into your hate space and focus on uh, getting your work done. So that's when uh, how I got the idea for Headspace. Mm. Cream Puff is just mainly I was in the mood of like, oh, I really enjoy baking right now. I have all the time in the world to do baking. I was trying so many different products and okay, what's really unique in Malaysia and what I really, really personally truly like that you can't find in Malaysia is Crackling Shoe Cream Puff and it's really hard to find a good one in Malaysia. You may be able to find, I probably shouldn't name name, but they are in the mall, this size. Not cheap, but they taste like crap. <laughs> 
And so when I discovered um, this recipe and I kind of perfected it a little bit, changed the flavors to be a bit more localized and also to uh, more popular trend flavors. Uh, and it's something that I personally really like, so I started it. And then um, I've always had back acne problem. Back knee. Mm-hmm. Back knee, yes. <laughs> back knee on the back. Yes, back acne. Back knee. Very good. Um, and um, <clears throat> I've always been pretty into body scrubs, but I couldn't find a really, really good body scrubs that give me very good scrubbing experience. They are either too little scrub or they are very oily it's just never the right type of scrub that i like whether it's after shower or during the scrubbing experience um i actually found one which is in the market it's actually a MLM product that i really like and when i turn around and look at the ingredients and realize that the beads the scrubs are actually plastic micro beads it was termed as something else it, it doesn't say plastic at all so I'm like, what is this looked it up it's just literally shredded plastic in your beauty product i was really beyond beyond worse and then only i started to look into this and started working with a japanese formulator to see if we can try to find some natural ingredients and that is really good for your skin and it's something that i would personally like and we went through a few rounds of uh formulation and got a few rounds of tests the final product the final formulation that came through me it was something that i was i was really shocked beyond belief that with texture um and with the scrub density it's it's something that i really really enjoy yeah it's again a passion Hmm. so all four businesses that i started was uh pretty much coming from what i like what i enjoy doing yeah so passion's the main the main yeah. uh, drive that got you into it. How long did you take to mull on the idea? Because one of the things that 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 stifles the uh, execution of most entrepreneurs yeah. is sitting there with a great idea but not sure because there's this, there's a lot of fear with it. There's a lot of fear with it. The fear of failure, the fear of not doing well, the fear of wasting your own time. What kind of fears you have, and and how long did you did you take before you decide? Okay, let's do it. Or you're crazy when you just just do it all the time. Just do it all the time. <laughs> okay lah, feel feel lah, never mind lah. A bit lah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. So so what is it that you like being an entrepreneur versus having a corporate job? Um, I honestly I still like corporate job. <laughs> okay, what is it about you miss doing the corporate job? Oh, salary. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, that is that bonuses. Is, yeah, that is number one. Actually, you mm. know, salaries and bonuses. Salary. And actually, yeah, the number two, right? Is uh, you miss going out lunch with your colleagues because oh, yeah. because when you have when you're when you have your own business, right? There's no one to go for lunch with. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So really, I think the the word that I miss the most is bonus. <laughs> Now, now you can give yourself bonus all the time. Uh. <laughs> you, can, you can give yourself bonus, bonus 12, times a, 12 times a year, so no problem. Hey, less bonus more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, so I think that when you talk about um, starting, I don't have a problem starting, but I think it's uh, there will be build up of fear when you grow the business to a certain scale, then you will start to fear a lot more about are you going to be able to pay salary? Are you going to be able to pay your suppliers on time? And it's all the financial fears that you will have. Um, but uh, yeah, 
Oh, where were we? Uh? We were talking about. <laughs> okay, what do you like being? Uh, what what is it being an entrepreneur that excites you? Yeah. Hmm. What do you okay? So, is it the freedom of being an entrepreneur? Is it the fact that you can do whatever you want? Like you, like as you mentioned, I, I can go work in shorts. You know, yeah. I, I don't have or to wake follow. up anytime you I can want. wake up anytime I want, you know. I can do any business I want. What is it that really attracts you to stay or, here? Or do, to, to, stay to, to become an entrepreneur yeah. instead of just going back to a corporate job? Yeah. Okay. So the part that I really enjoy being an entrepreneur versus going back to a corporate job is corporate job is the, the position. It's you have to fit into the position. But being an entrepreneur, you can create your own position. You can create what you enjoy doing and you can create your own job scope and your job description. You don't have to fit into people's job description. So that's really the big part that I, that I enjoy the most. Lah. So do you find that you don't conform to corporate? Like, like people tell you to do something, you're like a bit of a rebel? Uh, well, I, I look like I conform. <laughs> <laughs> I will at least pretend that... Mm, Yes, boss. Okay, let's do that. <laughs> and Blakang, I will try to see if I can actually, you know, introduce something that's more exciting and can really bring in more growth. Um, I honestly have tried to attempt this with Moe Hennessy Dear Joe. Mm. So before Boozit, I did suggest, why don't we start something like that? Why don't we start an e-commerce? Why don't you let me take care of CRM? Why don't you let me do more of this um, digital marketing stuff for your brand? But they don't believe in it because they believe in traditional marketing, they believe in events marketing, they believe in the experience, the physical experience, which has been something they've been doing for the past umpteen years of their life. So they were not very open to doing something that's e-commerce. But I know this is coming. That time, Shopee was not popular yet. Even then, when I first started Boozit, mm. um, it wasn't popular yet. and. It was still eBay that's the thing and to them eBay there's no luxury branding yep. experience. So mm. hence they were not open to that idea. Like, I do it myself. <laughs> Guys, you are listening into the Two Dots podcast. Um, I'm Dr. Ellie. With me is Dr. Inky. And we have uh, Jesse Chong with us, who is a serial entrepreneur. entrepreneur. So um She's been talking a lot about her experiences and what drives her as a, as a woman entrepreneur and how to thrive in a male-dominant world. Now, if you had an, one advice yeah. for, for budding, budding entrepreneurs, female, entrepreneurs. female entrepreneurs specifically, what would be your top two advice? My top two advice is don't think, just start. <laughs> uh, second advice, no, I think that's two advice really. Don't think. Don't just think and start. just start. <laughs> very good. Very good. Very good advice. Actually, actually, what you actually say is true because when you think, you sometimes you actually overthink. Hmm. And when you overthink, hence the fear comes along. Yeah. And more often than not, businesses you have or you know, you're doing a startup or you're doing a small business, you have to start and you have to make mistakes along the way. Yes. Yes. Right. It's the, and it's the mistakes that will shape your business along the way. Correct. Right. So, but so, but the thing is, if you don't start in the first place, your business will, will never take off. Yeah. yeah. There'll, yeah. there'll, there'll be nothing yeah, right. to learn. There'll yes, be nothing to grow. Learn. So yeah. yeah, I think don't think just. Start. Yeah, don't think just start lah. Yeah. You know? And most importantly, what I really learned from you guys two weeks ago is that you have to enjoy what you do. As long as you enjoy what you do, it doesn't feel like there's fear or there's work to do. It's just because you enjoy doing it. That is true. That is true. That is true. I don't yeah. even know when we talked about that. I think uh, <laughs> I think it was over some alcohol. 
<laughs> yeah, you look like you don't remember any of that. <laughs> I have no idea which yeah, movie. Yeah, I say that. Ooh, it was blank, whatever. <laughs> Alright guys, so uh, we are uh, wrapping up this week on the Two Dogs Podcast. Uh, we would like to thank you for your time here and hope that you found this session to be uh, useful. We have with us uh, Miss Jessie Chong, who is a serial entrepreneur and she's also part of the mentoring group in Taylor's Bizport. Yeah. I think she's, she's the, actually one she, of the founding members. She's man. the founding member. I think she's the coordinator as well, is it? Director. Maybe, maybe, uh, director. Director, <laughs> director just, of the just, entrepreneur Just give us like 30 seconds Bizport. of what you do there. Yeah. Oh, 30 seconds of what I do uh, there. Yeah. A, a plug-in on what the BizPod is actually about. Yeah. Right. Um, so BizPod is an incubator for Taylor's University. What we do largely is to inspire, motivate, and also to provide a platform for students who wants to be an entrepreneur, but they don't know where to start. So we try to help them with the necessary simple steps and also teach them, don't think, just start. <laughs> Very good, very good. Very good. Okay, so we'll be back again next week uh, on the Two Dogs. Um, if you guys like the content, please subscribe to yes, our YouTube like channel. And comment as well. And comment. Subscribe. Talk all about um, your experience as an entrepreneur, whether you're male, you're female, doesn't matter. And what are the challenges that you face? We might even just plug it in and, yeah. and, and do a topic just about what your experience is all about. And with that, we'll be signing off this week. And I'm Dr. Ellie. And I'm Dr. Inky. And see you next week. See you next week.